Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V the Girl Economist coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the morning. And with that being said, we have Harley with us. Harley, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. It's always a pleasure. You can find Harley over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, and uh, also the Shillerinstitute.net, the Shillerinstitute.net. With that being said, Harley, how are you? Uh, what's going on? Where do you want to begin? Well, fine. I want to start by uh, wishing a happy new year to everyone. It's a little late into the year for that, but I haven't been with you. Uh, and let's see if we can make 2022 an actual year that something good comes out of. Uh, I, I think the the big story that came out on December 30th, and it's not surprising that it came out on December 30th, was the Fed released the figures from... Uh, eight quarters before, which they're supposed to do under the Dodd-Frank bill, uh, which means they can cover things up for eight quarters. But the last quarter of 2019 was the one where the super bailout started yeah. at the uh, uh, repo markets. Uh, and the only newspaper, only site that covered this release of the figures was Wall Street on Parade. And if people have never seen that, I recommend it because they not only covered the story, but they covered the fact that not a single journalist, including those who supposedly are financial journalists, covered the story. And, and here's what the story is. The, the last quarter of 2019, banks received $4.5 trillion from the emergency repo loan operations of the Fed. Now, these are operations run largely through the New York Fed. Now, here's what's interesting. Of the $4.5 trillion, uh, about 90% of that went to four banks, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citibank, Goldman Sachs USA, and the Bank of America. Now, there are two, two factors here. One is that three of those banks, uh, J.P. Morgan, um, Goldman Sachs, and Citigroup, are the major shareholders of the New York Fed. In other words, they're the, the people who own the New York Fed. Correct. They created this new so-called credit, and it all went to them. Now, the second thing that's interesting about that is that four banks, and, and this is now going back to the end of 2016, but at that, this is the last time we have full figures for this. Yeah. Uh, four banks held 91% of the notional derivatives held by all banks and savings. That's 193 trillion. So they had 91% of 193 trillion. 
And those happen to be the same banks, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citibank, Goldman Sachs, and Bank of America. And what Wall Street on Parade is, is uh, suspecting is that the reason for the bailout that began in the fourth quarter of 2019 and has continued since then. Yep, was every close, night. Close to 14 trillion to 17 trillion, somewhere in that range. Uh, has been put out. And, and originally, you know, V, the repo markets are overnight. Oh, yeah. But if you keep rolling them over, they become permanent. Exactly. So, yeah. So the question is, what happened on September 17th, 2019? And, and their suspicion is that a very large derivative contract of, of J.P. Morgan Chase crashed. And that sent everyone scrambling. At the, oh, to the tune God. of 20 billion a night, 30 billion, 50 billion, eventually 160 to 200 billion a night loaned out through the repo markets. Now, what this means is that that's money that's going into protecting the face value of worthless financial assets. Correct. So the Fed is underwriting for the banks that own it, the New York Fed, underwriting for the banks that own it their speculation. Meanwhile, the total lending to commercial borrowers, to uh, industries, manufacturing, small and medium manufacturers, small and medium enterprises, fell by about 70% uh, over the last year. And before that, it had been falling for the last five years. So it means that if, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business person, if you're trying to build a new industry, if you're trying to modernize an industry, you can't get credit, but if you've got a bank vault full of worthless financial derivative paper, you can queue up at the Fed and get as much as you need. Now, the other question here is, why is no one covering this? And I think the uh, Wall Street on Parade makes two interesting points. One is that the fact that people don't know that it's private banks that own the New York Fed would be quite a shock to many, many people. Uh, and I, I think they're probably right about that. And the second reason that's given is that if it were clear that this is what the Fed is doing, when the Fed is supposed to be making sure there's credit for the economy, there would be calls for restoring Glass-Steagall. And again, I think they're right about that as well. People don't know what Glass-Steagall is, but if people knew what how bankrupt the banking system is and that the only way to save the economy is to put that bankrupt system through a really hard bankruptcy reorganization, which includes uh, wiping out a whole lot of the, the worthless assets. Yeah. Uh, they would be happy to, to do that and, and support the restoring of Glass-Steagall. So that was a, a story from the end of 2021, which, uh, not surprisingly, was kept from your notice by the ever-loving corporate media. And, and that's a huge bombshell information. And it, 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 again, is a beautiful piece that really highlights this grand tapestry that's showing that the system in the West right now is completely collapsing. And everybody, in terms of the leadership, in terms of people, are at each other's throats, there is a myriad of confusion. There's a myriad of, of, of contradiction everywhere. And again, it's a sign that it's all coming to a head, Harley. 
Yeah, it, it's definitely a sign of that. And, you know, you, you see the uh, Justice Department giving passes to fraud that's committed by these major banks. Uh, remember Eric Holder's famous statement that if, if you put these banks through proper legal process and bankruptcy reorganization, the whole system would collapse. He coined the term systemically important financial institutions, which, right. by the way, is sci-fi. So, <laughs> it is sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Holder went uh, to the Justice Department from a leading Washington law firm that handled banks. And when he left the Justice Department, he went right back there. Correct. So, you know, we're, we're dealing with, I mean, this is nothing but scandal. And if we had journalists who were at all honest, they would be clawing and fighting to get this information. But I think you have two problems with the journalist journalism profession. One is that the people who are the celebrated journalists are the ones who are kissing the rump of the corporate cartels who own the, the media, and they're not going to tell you the story. No. And the ones who actually are telling the story, uh, these are people who uh, end up in jail. You look at Julian Assange, you look at the, the whistleblowers who are uh, thrown in prison. And it's not a coincidence that Obama, who presided over the Dodd-Frank bill, who presided over the bailout, uh, prosecuted more whistleblowers than any all the rest of the presidents in history. That is true. That's because he, he's a lover of truth, and you know he he he, he was real. <laughs> he was the change that we can believe in, Harley. He was the change that we can believe in. Perhaps a sex change we could believe in. Well, that has, that's being worked on as we speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, oh, the the God. other thing I want to just call people's attention to is uh, uh, an interview I did uh, yesterday that will be posted on our website in the next couple of days with a leading Russian analyst, which was very, very interesting because starting on January 10th, there are a series of extremely important meetings that can either lead to a de-escalation of the crisis over Ukraine between Russia and the United States, or could lead to a, a shooting war in Europe that could become nuclear. And the question uh, that, that's posed here is, are there some people in the Biden administration who get it, who realize that all we're doing with this anti-Russian propaganda is causing Russia and China to become closer together? At least that's what they believe. They ignore the fact that China and Russia have a mutual interest right. in the economic policy of Euro Eurasian integration. But the other aspect of it is there are some who recognize that it's not worth getting into a nuclear war over Ukraine, which is still uh, a country that's been a, a victim of years of mismanagement by oligarchs under the influence of the International Monetary Fund, especially since the coup in 2014. It's a web of corruption in the government, corruption and neo-Nazis. Not a, not a very good alliance. But given that there's a potential now, I mean, Putin and the Russians have made clear that there must be a written, legally binding treaty right. that Ukraine will not be brought into NATO. Correct. Not just the promise, because that was already promised. 
and they promised in 1990 that there would be no further eastward expansion of NATO, and it's now gone a thousand kilometers, you know, over 600 miles east. And the promises are being made to Ukraine and Georgia that they'll be brought into NATO. And what Putin has emphasized is that that would mean you would be putting weaponry in the form of anti-ballistic missile defense systems, but also possibly nuclear bombers and nuclear missiles within four to five minutes of Moscow. And I, I just did a report on comparing what John Kennedy said in 1962 in October yeah. in his famous speech talking about the blockade of, of uh, yeah, Soviet vessels bringing material for nuclear bases in Cuba. Right. And what Kennedy said is no nation can tolerate lies and dishonesty that are leading to a cover-up of offensive weapons next to an adversarial nation. In other words, Cuba, 90 minutes or 90 miles from Florida, uh, easy distance to Washington, D.C. Kennedy was explicit on that. And while Khrushchev reacted initially angrily, what happened is they worked out a back-channel agreement which led up to the anti-ballistic missile, or I'm sorry, the uh, ABM treaty. Correct. And uh, negotiations that could have led to the, an end of the Cold War had Kennedy not been killed. Now, Biden is no John Kennedy. Putin is much closer to John Kennedy because what Putin is saying is, the same way Kennedy did. Kennedy said, we're not going to back down on this one. You, It's non-negotiable. You have to take out those missiles. Putin is saying, we will not allow you to put those weapons in Ukraine. Now, at the same time, the question then comes up, is there a possibility that these meetings on the 10th, the 12th, and the 13th, the 10th is the strategic stability meeting between the U.S. and Russia, then the, on the 12th, it's the NATO-Russia Council, and the 13th, it's the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. Right. What if those three meetings end up with the United States basically reaching an agreement with Putin, saying, okay, we're not going to, uh, Ukraine's not going into, the U, into NATO, we're not going to put weapons on Ukraine. Well, that would be epic. That would be a, an enormous benefit for it, all mankind it, it, it will but th then you have the the, the situation you, where you have the cocaine import agency along with the mi6 and georgi schwartz aka george soros with his various ngos now all of a sudden have a full-scale color revolution that we're seeing in kazakhstan how does this well, play that's exactly that? the point v that's exactly the point that the people who ran the ukraine coup are now operating a coup in Kazakhstan. Yeah. And the, the, the story starting to come out, it, it's really quite interesting. The person who claims to be the person running it is a former Kazakh energy minister who was indicted for embezzling, I think, $60 million. Yep. You know, Kazakhstan is a very wealthy country because of oil. It's right. a mismanaged country, but it's a wealthy country. But this guy's name was uh, Mukhtar Abliazov, and he fled the country. You know where he set up his party to run operations in Kazakhstan? Ukraine. His headquarters is in Kiev. Yep, Ukraine, Kiev. Yep. All that's missing right now is for me to watch a video of what is going to happen in terms of these people rioting in Kazakhstan. And then in the backdrop, 
seeing Victoria Newland in a, uh, a a Red Riding Hood uh, outfit with a picnic basket <laughs> handing out cookies. It's the only thing missing right now, Harley, is Victoria Newland be, handing out cookies. She might be handing out cookies at the headquarters of the Kazakhstan Democratic Choice Party in Kiev. Yeah. Well, there's another person who's who's directly implicated in this, quite significant person, Tony Blair. He and his wife, his wife's law firm, Sherry Blair, were for many years representing uh, the former president of Kazakhstan. Nazarbayev. Uh, yeah, Nazarbayev. Yeah. And were engaged in some of the corruption that created the downfall of Nazarbayev. Now, isn't it interesting that just last week, Blair was given the honor from directly from Queen Elizabeth of the Most Noble Order of the Garter? Oh, that's now, a wonderful club to be in, the Order of the Garter. Well, there are only, I think, 12 or 15 or 20 people in it. Mm -hmm. It's the highest uh, honorific society of the British monarchy. And the fact that Blair, who is a longtime operative for this globalist corrupt system, now can wear the garter wherever he wants it. Um, you know, this this is uh, <laughs> he's literally he, has a garter on his uh, right pant leg. I, I, I definitely believe that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know where they put the garter. It may be on his wife's throat, but uh, <laughs> it should be on his throat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is. He should be in a trial in the International Criminal Court rather yeah. than getting honors. But the fact that he's honored by the center of international corruption, the city of London, uh, is certainly uh, a form of justice. Now, the importance of the Kazakhstan uprising is to disrupt the Russians, the, the Russian focus on the meetings coming up. And the Russians were called in by the security alliance of the Central Asian republics to help them quell the riots. The government of Kazakhstan is saying that there are terrorists out there, including people with ties to ISIS, that there are, it's well armed. Uh, 18 law enforcement officers were killed in the, the first two days of rioting. They burned down police stations, government buildings, and, and so on. Uh, and so you have a, an international force that's been brought in to try and keep things calm. But assuming that they suppress the uprising, because these uprisings usually uh, sucker normal citizens in who are mad about the doubling of the gas prices, because that's what triggered this. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the reason it doubled was they just started new electronic trading in uh, liquefied gas. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a spot market operation targeting Kazakhstan. Yep. So you have all the players, the banks, the Blairs and Soroses. The usual suspects. The usual suspects, right. And on the eve of the very important meetings that are coming up. Now, I don't know what's going to happen at these meetings. I, I, as I said, I just did an interview. It'll be posted on my webpage in a couple of days with a leading Russian foreign policy expert. And he said, look, he's hopeful that there might be some changes. But he said, don't hold your breath because you're dealing with an international system, which is dominated in this case. He said he's more worried about the role of the Europeans, including the British, 
than he is the Americans because he said the United States is so messed up and polarized right now, it's hard to know what's going to come out of Washington. But he pointed out that you had the German foreign minister, this lunatic, Annalena Macarena, as she's now called. Annalena Macarena. <laughs> yeah. She was in Washington this week. Another genius, Harley, another genius. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was a, a gymnast in her early phase of life, and then she went from there to London School of Economics to be what Helga LaRouche calls a loudspeaker for NATO. Correct. Uh, She's somewhat brainless on top of everything else. Oh, God. But she was there with Blinken, nodding in agreement with every stupid thing that he said, every provo provocation he launched. Another genius, Blinken, one of the great yeah. luminaries of foreign policy right there. A real statesman he is, Harley, a real well, statesman. I, I don't know if you, you're, you're probably familiar with Ray McGovern. Ray McGovern said yeah. that he, he doesn't know why Biden got so many of the junior varsity people uh, at the high level of his cabinet, but that's what you've got. Yep. The junior, he's a the junior varsity from con congressional staffers. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they are. Blinken, a, a talentless hack. Jake Sullivan is another one. Another one, another genius. You do have some serious people in there, but you know, the, the, there have always been some serious people inside these groupings who try to sustain some semblance of policy, but they're overwhelmed by the media, the corporate cartels, and the, the corruption of the self-seeking, ambitious types like Blinken. Right. And so we, we could be, as we put it in a statement we just put out, uh, that we could be sleepwalking into thermonuclear World War III. And so if people go to our, the Schiller Institute website, you can get this statement, which has a full chronology of the Ukraine situation. It's called Sleepwalking uh, into New Thermonuclear World War III. We've got to get that around, get people thinking about it, studying it, recognizing what we're up against. And, you know, this is a, a new year. It's clear from what we're seeing around the whole January 6th. Uh, fiasco, the way it's being treated, you know, is a, a polarizing event. But people are really somewhat fed up with uh, officials and, and there's no trust for government. The question is, who do you trust? Who can you trust? And ultimately, you've got to trust your own creative faculties. Right. And I think this is where the question of the day is, will people make the effort to become informed, to give up the, the mainstream media. And, and by the way, a lot of the internet now is, is uh, a similar kind of counter to the mainstream, but putting the same kind of false stories out to increase the polarization. Of course. So this is the time when, when you've got to do your own thinking. And, you know, I used to say when I was recruiting a lot of young people into our organization, Think for yourself. Become a member of the LaRouche organization. And I'd, I'd urge those people who find these discussions interesting, go to our website, sign up, become a volunteer, contribute if you can. But the main contribution should be arm yourself with the truth Correct. and the ability to discern the truth. And that's ultimately our only safeguard. Very well said. Harley, thank you so much for joining us and sharing this uh, information with us. It's very vital. Again, folks, go over to LaRoucheOrganization.com. 
SchillerInstitute.com is very vital for you to join there. They do great symposiums online that you can take advantage of and really not only just learn about what's happening in the world, but to get involved with some solutions that they provide. It's really remarkable. We love supporting them. And over here, we are at Rogue. We're big fans of what they're doing at the LaRouche organization and the Schiller Institute. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs>